Welcome to a live and active life, broadcasting encouragement to live your daily life with God's help and inspiration to reach for more of God by faith. Join Brenda Wolf for today's practical insights. Do you have a mentor? When I was younger, I prayed for a mentor. God gave me not one, but my three mentors. As God often does, He gave them in a much different way than I wanted. Yet I have come to agree with Him that His ways are higher than my ways and His thoughts are higher than my thoughts. Isaiah 55 verse 9. Interestingly, none of these three people really knew they had become my mentors. In my limited perspective, I had wanted a specific kind of mentor, someone I could connect with each day or at least a couple times a week. I also wanted some specific things. I wanted to ask my mentor good questions, discuss how to practically apply various areas from God's Word, look up to this person as a model, and yet also engage in friendship. God had a different approach as He selected my three mentors. First, He took the distance approach. In other words, I couldn't connect with any of them on a daily basis. Second, God chose people who were very established and engaged in what was in front of them. They lived their lives faithfully where He placed them. Consequently, I didn't have much opportunity to ask good questions or discuss how to practically apply God's Word to my young life. Third, God showed me He wanted me to look up to all three of my mentors, but always through the lens of Himself. As a result, I found myself being funneled into an unexpected mentorship. Everything I'd learn would first connect me to God. Essentially, He made it exceedingly clear. He intended to be my first mentor and my dear friend. Although God's ideas about mentorship were different than mine, I accepted His. I also accepted His undeserved friendship. Still, I found myself contemplating a newly forming dilemma. However, could I be a friend back to God? I mentioned none of my three mentors really knew they had become my mentors, yet they possessed a deep abiding love for Jesus, impeccable graciousness, and incredible character. Two of these amazing people I have known personally. The third amazing person I knew only from a distance, yet the impact of daily choices of all three challenged me to make my best possible choices in every life scenario. Their lives inspired mine. Besides these three mentors, I've also benefited from people who didn't know that their teachings and example had caught my eye. These men and women impacted my life. Writers, speakers, professors, leaders, world travelers. One professor in postgraduate school, along with his wife, became lifelong friends to me. How I still treasure 
their input in my life. Some of these dear people were quiet, simple, yet impressive people with amazing presence. Others were up in front most of their lives. Regardless, all of them encouraged me to keep pursuing God and His ways. But my three mentors became my focus as decades added up. I'd like to introduce my three mentors to you. I followed all three of their lives and their examples and their choices. The manner they adopted as they responded to each of their life situations definitely caught my attention. Their consistency over the years held my admiration. And so, as I introduce each of my three mentors to you, please notice, coincidentally, each of their names begins with M. The first is Maydine. This woman was the embodiment of joy. I don't ever remember her not smiling. A huge, beautiful smile adorned with red lipstick. Her eyes were filled with laughing, and her laugh filled the room. Maydine was God's blessing to me, starting when I was in high school and through my adulthood. Since Maydine lived in a different city, God miraculously connected us. I couldn't get over how genuinely she welcomed me into her apartment as a teen, into her life over the years, and into her incredible love for Jesus. Incidentally, she was a modern example of boasting in Jesus. Talked about from 2 Corinthians 10 verse 13. Maydeen always had a deep abiding love for Jesus. All right, the second of my three mentors is named Marcel. This beautiful woman so impressed me when I met her. Her life has continually challenged me over the years. She held numerous positions as she served her family and community. I only know about her being a beautician and then a fabulous administrative assistant. Marcel's whole person welcomed me. She brought me close in a winsome way. I saw her respond like Christ, even in frustrating developments of a business office. Marcel's impeccable graciousness left such a deep impression on me, I'll never forget. And then the third of my three mentors is Her Majesty, Queen Elizabeth II. What can I possibly say about Queen Elizabeth? If you want to learn more about her life, just Google her. Reading between the lines of documentaries or biographies of her life, you will see a remarkable world leader who deeply and pensively made decisions that were popular or sometimes not. Elizabeth became a Jesus follower in her adult life. Her countenance, decisions, and bold speeches reflected the nature of Christ. She possessed courage, charisma, and commitment. Elizabeth sacrificed so much personally in her private life in order to carry out her responsibilities that fell to her. 
From Elizabeth, I was challenged to engage incredible character. Well, those are some things that I saw in my three mentors and that I learned from them. But I also learned something about a thankful heart. First of all, I learned that a person's level of gratitude shows the sweetness, or not, of their inner person. My mentors commanded respect by continually exercising a thankful heart. Second, I learned that developing and maintaining a grateful heart is an intentional decision, even in difficult times. Choosing to respond with a gracious spirit and a kind heart is an option for everyone, but it is a choice. There are three qualities my mentors practiced that awarded them noble character and a thankful heart. I'd like to focus on the thankful heart in three different focuses. Focus number one, a thankful heart takes discipline. To be grateful does take discipline, and that means training. Hebrews 12 verse 11 talks about this training. No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. Gratitude is a deliberate choice great people make, even when it's hard. No wonder God often tells His children to be thankful. It's His original design. So, focus number one was a thankful heart takes discipline. Focus number two on a thankful heart requires perspective. Life is pretty challenging, and lots of hard things happen. So, to be deliberate in responding, choose a healthy perspective. Hebrews 12 verse 2 says to focus on Jesus, who is the author and the perfecter of our faith. Jesus chose joy, even when He suffered, because He trusted and rested in Father's heart and His methods. This joy gave him eternal perspective. Adopting Jesus' perspective gives hope and multiplies gratitude. So then focus number three is that a thankful heart takes faith. When things look terrible, when it seems God is not there, when it feels like your prayers have not been answered, responding well takes faith. However, when you trust God's goodness, wisdom, and love, you become grateful. Lack of gratitude is a wall, a subtle form of pride. You expect something better of your choosing. A person who is not grateful is never happy, never content. They lack Christ's sweet character. Conversely, when you are genuinely grateful, it's harder to sin. So it's an auto-deterrent for sin. True thankfulness is engaged by faith. No wonder Scripture repeats, Be thankful, praise the Lord, have a grateful heart. So, speaking of a thankful heart, focus one says that a thankful heart takes discipline. Focus number two A thankful heart requires perspective. And focus number three, 
A thankful heart takes faith. Well, I'd like to draw some conclusions as I look at each one of my beautiful mentors whose name each starts with M. Again, I will start with Maydeen. Maydeen is waiting for me in heaven. I just can't wait to see her smile again and be in the presence of her contagious joy. I still remember how unashamedly she shared her love for God. She always called him the Lord, a precious memory to me now. Her meaning was clear. Lord means the powerful God who is also a loving Savior and friend to broken people. Now, Marcille. Marcille is close to heaven as she finishes her race. Inspired by her impeccable graciousness, I so want to be gracious like her. This woman has been simply beautiful all her years, inside and out. I always felt so special when I could be with Marcille, and that wasn't very often. She had a knack for turning every conversation into a way to nurture me into Christ. And then, Her Majesty. She also is waiting for me in heaven. This world leader portrayed incredible character through many trials and overwhelming difficulties. After I bow to Jesus, I may bow to Elizabeth. I want to thank her for doing so many things right in a world that was filled with too much wrong. I admire how she consistently gave deliberate attention to Jesus in her annual Christmas broadcasts, along with a nutshell gospel message. And you can look those up online. They're great. Here are some application thoughts and questions from today's content. First of all, do you have a mentor? Second, if God hasn't opened that door, why not select someone with Christ-like character, and follow their life from afar. Third, are you willing to live the kind of life someone else can look to for healthy and godly mentorship? Four, what should you change to be worthy of the honor of being a mentor, even if from afar? If someone wants to follow your life, someone unknown to you, Five, is Jesus your first, best, and most mentor? Why not join me in choosing him? Number six, do you maintain a thankful heart? And number seven, are you proactively pursuing discipline, perspective, and faith so you can have a thankful heart? Before we sign off, I want to tell you about an exciting resource Alive and Active Life has been working on for you. Easter is coming soon, and so is Prepare for Easter. Lives are busy for most people, and it's hard to focus your heart, so we've developed a rich devotional focus for Holy Week. Each day features, one, a brief focus meditation, two, a fun activity, and three, a teaching point. 
The content drills into practical provisions Jesus brings to make life meaningful and effective in difficult times. Sign-up options are coming soon. You'll be glad that you took a few minutes a day to prepare your heart for Easter. And pass the sign-up information on to your friends, your family, your church, any students that you know, really to anyone. It's all free. Do visit our website for devotional materials, articles, podcasts, and resources to help grow your faith in God. Pursue noble character and an alive and active life. You've been listening to Brenda Wolf with Alive and Active Life. Visit our website at www.aliveandactivelife.org. Your web-based home for resources, including books and eBooks, libraries of articles, podcasts, and more as you navigate life's challenges and issues. Sign up on our email list to stay current with the tools you need to be the person God designed, living an alive and active life.